0: Hey, Peter. Hey, what's two minus five plus one? Uh, Minus two. New math. Yep.
1: I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. And should we let them know this is take three already of this episode today? This is take negative three. <laughs> take negative three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they were so bad. It we've went been having, reversed.
1: We've been having trouble getting started today because <laughs> we somehow have insulted many different people in the previous takes. How did we do that? We're good at insulting <laughs> people. And we're like, we can't do that. So we got to start over. So now. I feel like we're a little more joyful, a little more giving, a little more positive. Smiles are on the faces. That's right.
0: (laughs) Math is on the brain. Why is math on our brain today?
1: Well, because we got a speak pipe, which has nothing to do with math. But the question in the speak pipe does have something to do with math. So let's listen to our listener question. Let's hear it.
0: Hi, this is Brendan. Um, Love the pod and thanks for all the work you do. This week, I've basically only been listening to Keith Jarrett's solo on... In love in vain from his standards volume two album each time i hear it i'm more and more amazed at how melodically he plays Uh, when i'm playing i sometimes find myself getting caught up in the math of what i'm doing which basically results in just a bunch of bs lines with no melodic interest so my question for you then is do you have a
1: a list of players or recordings that you consider to be a cut above the rest in terms of ability to construct highly melodic lines while improvising i hope to hear from you and thanks in advance
0: Thanks, Brendan. That's a great question.
1: Yes, uh, and the answer is yes. And the answer is yes. We both do have those. We do. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad you didn't ask for us to share them.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to tell you what they are, but we have compiled a list of seven. That's right. You'll hear it. <laughs> You'll hear it. Uh, no, this is a you know this is a great topic, yep. and it doesn't get talked a lot about. We do talk about the math of these things yeah. more than we talk about maybe we should, uh, which is the the lyricism of yeah. these things. You know, I I had. Piano teachers
1: that would always tell me to learn the lyrics of the song you're playing. I think
0: that's so crucial.
1: Yep. I remember Ellis Marsalis was a big proponent, is a big proponent of that, and told me that when I was. Young and in high school He's like Always learn the lyrics You know Learn the verse Learn all the words Learn the shape of the melody What it means All those things So I think that's the first Kind of entry point um, yeah. For you Brendan But I mean You know that that st- I, I know that record really well That Keith Jarrett Standards Volume 2 Yeah And I mean There's Standards Live You know of course Volume 1 Volume that's 2 that, that cut of Never Let Me Go Is just unbelievable I mean you talk about Lyricism and Melodic invention And stuff so And I think that You know what you said Is really spot on That, that each time you she said something effective each time you hear it you discover even more or it gets even better and that's certainly the hallmark of a of a fantastic jazz recording it's like a fine wine that gets better Um, With time so yeah, Um, yeah, so we've compiled a little list of seven This was actually pretty easy for us because I think we both realized that a lot of our kind of favorite tracks And what what do we call them deep deep not really deep cuts, but just personal deep cuts choice cuts choice cuts That's a different (laughs) part of the of of the of the piggy usd choice Melodic cuts. Yeah, there we go. But a lot of are the ones we kind of naturally gravitate, if you were to say, like, what are some of your favorite tracks and solos anyway, uh, consist of some super melodic, uh solos you yeah know. i think most great players
0: are naturally melodic players yeah even if it's not an obvious melody that they're playing you know right.
1: if they're if they're playing a lot of notes it still feels melodic yeah you know and what i we're mean gonna, and, I, and we're gonna get to at least one i see on here that's maybe a little bit unexpected but i think we'll be able to break down why it's definitely very useful and i mean really to check out a variety of different kinds of highly melodic playing i think is is ultimately very valuable uh, to the aspiring jazz player because it'll get you out of that rut. It'll get you out of that. You know, it's funny, I never actually heard this term, get out, get out of the math. I guess I'm always in the math, sorry. <laughs> so maybe I need to get out. Well, no, but before we
0: get deep into our list, maybe we can kind of address some things that Brendan could do to try to get out of the math a little bit mm-hmm. um, and, and and definitely we can, we can continue on with those suggestions as we go down this list it'll give us ideas but you know the first thing I do when I realize that I'm in the math or that I might just be playing some BS yeah. as I totally get what he said uh, I totally understand what he meant by that but is I start shortening everything up. Mm. I start shortening my phrase, my phrases, because if you look at great melodies, whether that's American Songbook melodies, or Beatles melodies, or any kind of great melody, um, Beethoven's melodies, they're usually series of short phrases that they link together in interesting ways. So what we run into as pianists, I know guitarists can run into this, bassists can run into this, is that you just play a bunch of run-on sentences. Right. And then it turns into something else. Yes. Uh, you know, trumpet players and, and horn players can get away with, uh, I think, sounding more melodic because they have to breathe at some point. Although I've heard some saxophone players sound like they never take a breath ever. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, they can
1: do it pretty quick. But I think that, yeah, the the length of the phrases, I love that because that forces you to play something more melodic, actually. It does. Because you're going to kind of sound lame if you play the same way that you play a longer phrase and you just kind of cut it off. So it's just like speaking. I mean, if, if you have something to say to someone and, and you have to say it in only five words, you can't say it in 30 words, you're going to be a little bit more clear and concise, most likely. There's, you're going to get rid of some of the fluff and stuff. You can get into that later. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's been some great speeches that are based upon short sentences. I have a dream you know that's right um so i i, I think that, that yeah that's great and i think we're going to see some of that breathing for sure shorter phrases confidence in in just letting w- a couple of notes really tell the story at any tempo i think we're going to see that in some of these solos it's so true yeah uh so maybe i'll kick it off is that cool kick it off okay so this is herbie hancock's solo on solitude really his whole performance and this is from river the uh Joni Mitchell record which is kind of funny that there's a Duke Ellington song on there but I mean I just as soon as I heard this question I thought of this track and it's just highly highly melodic playing um, a lot of really clear and interesting phrases and then he gets into enough kind of interesting Herbie directions with his melodies and he you know Herbie always to me in this in slower playing like this uses a lot of like very interesting tension and release in just the way he phrases a simple melody. notice how short the phrase is yeah. each individual phrase
0: is yeah
1: now granted he's still kind of playing the melody here but it's you know it's the same thing really you know a lot of just little piano techniques like a singer would use a singer technique to, to shape the phrase that's so great man and listen to the left hand there's some nice very clear, short, melodic content in there, too. Counter melodies. Mm. Yep. So that's one. What you got for number two? Uh, So for mine, I have Brad
0: Meldo's When It Rains. Now, we Mm. did a solo analysis of this um, a couple of months ago. Yep. And, you know, I chose it for that. Uh, We had a request for it, but also because I love how melodic uh, this solo is. I think this is the... Epit- epitome of some melodic playing because he gets into it I mean most of Brad though's playing is very melodic but I'll skip ahead here You know, I noticed, like, we jumped in here at a, yeah. at a part where he did this big line, right? Yeah. But then he finished it with uh, this very strong melodic statement right. that ended on the tonic of the chord. It had know? a little blues in it, a little triad, and it's super, like, straight down the pike. And, I mean, that's, that's a, a theme for me on this is, you know, we're going to hear players do things that are... That don't sound like a sung melody, but they end it in a melodic way or yeah. they begin it in a melodic way. Like you could still be a melodic player and not have everything like a sound like a Chet Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me- you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: When I think, you know, Brad does a lot of he really takes advantage of a very advanced piano technique to shape shape his melodies with like very use um, great voicing yep. in terms of in touch. And, and so he can play those very simple things, but make them sound complex melodically the way, you know, on an instrument that's kind of hard to do that. We don't have the breathing and the, you know, we play the note and that's what it is. Then we go to the next one. So it has to all be about phrasing and how you shape the line. He's got a very advanced technique. I love that moment. Cool. That moment. All right. yeah. Moving on, number oh, we three. Can, we can listen to that, the whole rest of the Number thing. three. Number yeah. Three. Okay, for three, I've got, I, <laughs> I decided, you know, I realized that I don't think Brandon was just asking about pianists. So we can, we, right? We can We can go. And I think it's a great. Really, should we? Well, I think we should because I, um, I realized, like, I learned a lot of my melodic, truly melodic playing from listening to a gentleman from East St. Louis named Miles Davis. Never, and heard, actually never the, heard of him. And actually learning his solos on the piano. That always helped me a lot. Um, so I picked old folks from Someday My Prince Will Come, Miles Davis. All right. um, but I would say any, everybody's soloing. I mean, Hank Mobley, Miles is soloing. Wynton Kelly is just incredible. solo on here. Super melodic. Yeah, I mean, and that, you know, Witten Kelly kind of completes that melodic phrase there with those beautiful little octaves up there. There's some collective melodic playing, and then you know, Miles Davis is sort of known and I think felt as just the most melodic, lyrical horn player probably we've ever had. Really. I, I would agree with that. Yeah.
0: yeah, incredibly melodic in everything he did. Yep.
1: Uh, but don't sleep on Hank Mobley. We, we don't. Need, we're not gonna have time to get to it here, but we could do a whole. We could do a whole breakdown on this tune sometime. That'd be fun. Yeah, Miles' is playing always reminds me of. Um, of a practice
0: technique where he he's making these melodies, but, uh, the first thing I think we tend to do when we're like, Oh, I'm going to play melodically is you start repeating phrases, Uh which is a way to do it. Yeah. Miles never does that now. I mean, so an exercise you can try in your practice, Brendan is like to play something, whether that's maybe it's a, it's a five note, eighth note phrase yeah and then say whatever i do next it's not going to be that right it's going to be something just a whole note right you know or something faster or yeah. something slower or something staccato
1: yeah yeah having that contrast that melodic contrast as you go within the horizontal flow of your of your playing that's the hallmark of great melodies and compositions and in solos totally yeah good stuff what you got next for number four of our seven um highly melodic solos well
0: so number four i have another modern pianist aaron parks and yeah. Aaron Parks is such a melodic player. He uses so much space. He's great at using space. I think better than probably anybody of his generation. You should see his new apartment, the way he uses space with his living room decor. <laughs> it's it's, it's amazing, man. <laughs> uh, so I have here uh, Travelers. Mm. You know that one? Yeah. Well, I have heard him do that live, I think, if it's the tune I'm thinking of. It is. It's a great okay. tune. Uh, It's from his record, Invisible Cinema. Mm. And I chose this because it has a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. It's not what you would think of like, oh, this is like melodic playing. This seems like it would be in the math, but the way, if you listen to the way he phrases and uses space, this is not like Brad Meldau either where Brad is coming up with these lush, melodic phrases to end everything. If you check out, when we get in here to the solo, phrasing makes the melodies. Literally quoting the melody at times. Yes.
1: Play something real complicated, then come back with the real simplistic little melodic phrase.
0: Mm. So this is very, very busy playing. Yeah. But always coming back to the melody, always having a sense of phrasing.
1: Of, of melody even amongst the, the, the yeah. busyness of it but I noticed two things like in some of the really busy long phrases there's actually some section sectioning off in between there like little semi breaths or something exactly. you can hear, yeah. yeah. and then some of the other ones that are continuous he leaves a nice break like a breath after longer than normal or comes back with like a shorter phrase like that I bet here he's going to
0: cool right here. Anyway, I think that's a, for me, that's a great example of, of someone who can play a lot. Yeah. And, but th- there's still so much space in there that you get these really great melodic moments. I love that.
1: track. Yep. Great stuff. All right. Uh, number five, I guess I'm up. Um, I'm going to go with uh, another uh, two solos because we're going to do a little two for one on this one. This is Sarah Vaughn and Clifford Brown. On Lullaby of Birdland. And I mean, this is some very classic, super lyrical, logical, musical swinging, just like straight up, just who wouldn't love these phrases? This is such a great recording. Is
0: anybody more swinging with their voice than her? She's so swinging.
1: Ways to is, oh, the triplets In a phrase, how I feel Have you ever heard to turtle am going to skip ahead a little yeah. bit Yeah Is this the pianist? pianist? Yeah, maybe go up to the uh the the bassist? I think a bass They and let then, everybody solo and Then Sarah Baunski yeah, do Herbie Mann man. Herbie <laughs> Mann Yeah solo. Somebody, I think Clifford Brown's coming up. Absolutely.
0: They're
1: trading. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's really hearing everything. Isn't I know.
1: She She knows the changes a little <laughs> bit, yeah. oh, man. Come on. Killing Come on, man. Sarah, Roth. Yeah, so killing, um, killing, I, I got feeling, to kill hear it. her live a couple of times, and um, it, that was very exciting and, and inspirational. So, man. Yeah. All melody all day, and really everything. Clifford, like you get a lot of different kind of tempos and, and ways of playing. But Clifford Brown was such a melodic, and, and again, I think as a pianist, if you're a pianist, to learn, I learned a bunch of Clifford Brown solos, and for a certain period, because I was like, oh, this is bebop, and I mean it is, but I didn't. It was like I kind of heard Clifford Brown before I heard. Really got into Charlie Parker, so I was just wanted to get that sort of sound. I was like, Yeah, okay, I'll try to learn this stuff. I think
0: Clifford Brown is a great entry point for people into bebop, yeah, you know, because he's got such a, a a lovely warm tone, yeah, yeah. And you know, the
1: stuff with Max Roach just feels great, it does. And he's such a precise player, his stuff is kind of easy to yeah. for a beginner to, to uh, for his complicated stuff to be able to transcribe. Highly he's recommend a, a, someone who made the trumpet seem easy, and it's really yeah. not, no, not at all. <laughs> so,
0: uh, for my pick, this is number six. I'm going with one of my favorite pianists of all time, the great Nat King Cole. Mm. Uh, obviously known as a singer, and yes. I think his, and matinee idol as and well. And idol. Movie I, star, I think his star
1: of Silver Screen, <laughs> then Small Screen. Small screen. Small screen. <laughs> I
0: think his lyricism as a singer really comes through first as a pianist. Uh, mm. This is from a recording of the Lester Young Trio, which was just piano, drums, Buddy Rich, and tenor saxophone, mm. Lester Young, and it's one of my fa- some of my most favorite stuff ever. Favorite favoritists uh this is the man i love and you can hear in Nat's solo here how lyrical he is how lyrical is he (laughs) it wasn't a question oh sorry Poetry, yeah. And also, the left hand feels great.
1: Yeah, he had a great touch and control. A little too little so to a modified stride, yeah, you know. Yeah. Dynamics. All these pianists are using dynamics. We notice. Lost art at the piano. That's so important, man. Yeah. That's a great point.
0: Listen to those melodies coming out. Using a lot of the melody from the tune from the Man I Love. Yeah, man, I'm about to save a lot of money on bass players. That's all yeah. I'm saying.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, cool. That was nice. Um, that was very nice, man. Yeah, we forget about Nat King Cole's p- pianistic skills, man. Master and an innovator Okay, so for number seven I'm going to go off the reservation Seemingly off the reservation a little bit But I really don't think it is Once we check this out And say Thelonious Monk's Bag's Groove Um, This was a solo that kind of came to mind As far as, I would say The melodic logic of how he plays Is something to key in on And and use to be kind of an influence for your practice Are we going to check some of this out? Let's check it out Okay I think he's the second soloist, as I recall. Oh, maybe third? There we go. Yeah, oh, man, I love this solo. Oh, Peter's about to get oh, really man, excited. Come on. No, I mean, you can just, tell by the all-man. Yeah. Bag, um, Milt Jackson, of course. Milt Jackson. Now, he's a super melodic I know, player, too. Actually,
0: Sonny Rollins is on here. How do we not mention Sonny Rollins?
1: Simple. Simple. next phrase i love the logic Mm. quoting your own tune monk monk is giving a shout out to monk (laughs) Theme development, man. Yeah, just chord so, changes be damned. Exactly. I'm going melody first. <laughs> but the thing with this too is like this is funny because this, this is getting out of the bath. He kind of kind of goes into the math in his own way, but it's just so logical and inventive in such an offbeat way, and it's the the structure. To me, it's like Monk's solo is like his tunes. I mean, there's so much beauty in there and yeah. lyricism too, but like the structure, like just the advanced structure, and like the whimsical, it's not taking itself too seriously, but there's a lot of like underpinnings there that you can really hold on to. Big shout out to Wynton Marsalis for recommending this solo to me when I was like, 14 or 15 years old man he was like I met him and he's like man you should check out Monk I was like who is that and I went and tried to get some of his records so I, I he gave me his phone number and I called him I was like which one should I learn first he's like Check out Bags Groove, and I couldn't find it because I'm looking for the Monk record. It's actually on a Miles Davis record. All right, can
0: I do a bonus one, number eight? Bonus! Bonus, bonus I wanna, Jonas! I want to get a Monk one in here. Okay. This is one of my favorite melodic Monk. First, first of all, every single Thelonious Monk solo is a melodic solo of course.
1: because he used the melody. Is this his tune called "Copying Off of Peter? Is that the name of the song? Sorry. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah. he was unoriginal. This uh, is Brilliant your Corners. Of, your choice of Monk.
1: Uh.
0: Oh, you're talking, yeah, you're talking to me. <laughs> Well (laughs) dang Uh, So this is Brilliant Corners So there's Amazing moments in this (laughs) <laughs> it's just all melody all the time yeah. And these little jagged yeah. phrases that happen Monk then- is
1: always very purposeful and careful About his left hand comping too I think that's a one little tactic you could think about You don't have to do it just like him But there's... A a lot of just letting that melody be on its own, and when he does use the left hand, there's a reason for it, and there's it's always accompanying and linked in with the melody. Yeah,
0: any monk is a great source for any pianist or any instrumentalist or any
1: vocalist. And there, we thought that was going to be kind of controversial, and now that we're listening to it, it's not controversial. We should have had him first. Not at all. Yeah, I think we nailed that one. Agreed Yeah <laughs> You're welcome Brendan <laughs> You're welcome Knowledge <laughs> dropped
0: <laughs> uh, No but you know Go back s- to your Keith Jarrett record now <laughs> I mean some common things Are definitely space Yeah Right The, the ability to use space In your melodies The ability to, to use a Variety in your melodies um, Shorter phrases All of those things Will help you get there
1: um, Yeah Cool um, Well until tomorrow We'll hear it